0: From the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster we present, Let the Bible Speak. It's good to have you join us today as we spend time around the Word of God, preaching Christ in all his fullness to men and women in all their need. Let us unite together in prayer. Our heavenly father, we thank thee for the great privilege we have today of being able to come and worship thee, the living and the true God. And we thank thee that we are able to come to thee through thy son, the Lord Jesus Christ. How grateful we are that he came into this world in the womb of the Virgin Mary, that he lived that sinless and perfect life and how he died that atoning death On behalf of his people on the cross of Calvary, we rejoice to read in thy word that we are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. We pray for thy blessing upon our time together today. We also ask for thy help for the Reverend Mercer as he comes to bring the word that he would know help from thee and that it would be a word in season for each of our hearts. We thank thee that thou hast given us thy word to build us up in the most holy faith, to teach us, to edify us, and to strengthen us. So bless our time together and pardon our every sin, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Bible reading today is from Luke chapter 2, and we're reading from verses 1 to 14. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. And may the Lord add his own divine blessing on the reading of his word. We're now going to sing the hymn, Jesus, my Saviour, to Bethlehem came.
1: Be with you today, and I want to thank the Reverend Dennison for leading the service already for us. The coming of Christ into this world was and is and forever will be the greatest event this world has ever known. His appearance, as Paul describes it in Hebrews 9 and verse 26, was not a spur of the moment kind of thing, rather, it was planned in eternity past. Before Adam and Eve were created, and before sin ever entered into this world, God the Father decreed to send his Son to be the saviour of men. He announced that plan in the presence of man for the first time in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. It was just after the devil had tempted Adam and Eve and they had taken the forbidden fruit. And as God spoke to the devil, he said, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel." And that reference to the seed of the woman was a direct reference to Christ. And while that was the first gospel promise, it certainly wasn't the last. That promise of a coming Savior was confirmed time and time again. God explained that matter to Abraham and then to Isaac and then to Jacob. And all through the rolling years of the Old Testament, prophet after prophet preached that the Messiah would come, that one anointed by God would appear, on this earth to deliver his people from their sins. There are hundreds of references to the promise of the coming Savior in the Old Testament. Then you come into the New Testament and you find the announcement of the Savior's coming to Mary. It's first announced to her in Luke chapter 1 and we have the details there. The angel Gabriel was sent from God onto a city of Galilee named Nazareth and when she, that's Mary, saw him she was troubled at His saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. The first announcement of the coming of the Savior in the New Testament. The coming of the Savior was then announced to Joseph, and Matthew chapter 1 takes up the story. While he thought on these things, this is the news that Mary was with child, the angel came to him and told him that Mary, his wife, that he was to take her for what was conceived in her was of the Holy Ghost, and she will bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins. The third announcement in the New Testament of the coming of the Savior was to the shepherds watching their flock by night. These were ordinary men doing an ordinary day's work. when Luke chapter 2 tells us that the angel of the Lord came to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. They were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord." And there's a phrase, a little phrase that appears in those three announcements in the New Testament, Luke chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1, and Luke chapter 2. And every time the angel of the Lord spoke about the coming of the Savior, he said, fear not. Fear not to Mary, fear not to Joseph, fear not to to the shepherds in the fields. Fear not. It's a word that we need to hear also. We all have fears and concerns. Sin is a fearful thing, and we have our troubles, we have our cares, we have our anxieties. But what is the answer to those fears of ours? The answer is Jesus Christ. When fears grip our soul, we must look on to Christ, who has come into this world as a true man, for Christ alone is the only Savior, and He alone can allay our fears and fill our hearts with joy. So, I want to examine that little theme a little more in our service today and consider why Christ's coming is the answer to our fears. First of all, Christ's coming reveals the love of God to us. The story of the birth of Christ does not begin in Nazareth or with Mary or in Bethlehem at the manger. It doesn't even begin in time, it begins really in eternity. It begins with the amazing love of God. The scriptures present God as one who is holy and just and powerful. But chief among his attributes is this matter of his love. John affirms that God is love. And while he shows that love in so many different ways, the greatest display of his love is seen in the sending forth of his only begotten son. John chapter 3 verse 16 reminds us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we can take the story of the incarnation, the angel's announcement to Mary, his word to Joseph, the powerful intervention of the Holy Spirit and Mary being with child. We can take Mary and Joseph's journey to Bethlehem, the appearance of the heavenly host to the shepherds the outstanding star in the east, the visit of the wise men, we can take all of those aspects of this account and trace it all back to the everlasting love of God. Some people think of God in terms of being cold and unfeeling and unloving God. And men hate him because that's what they perceive him to be. But nothing could be further from the truth. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, it was the Lord who came to them. He came walking to them, not running to, to bring his wrath to bear upon them, but with a message of mercy concerning the coming of the Savior. And I suggest, is there not a glorious comfort in that truth for our hearts? Does that not deal with our fears that God in heaven so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son? We don't deserve love like that. We deserve his wrath. We don't deserve one gift from God, but he has given us the greatest gift of all, the gift of his dear son. So Christ's coming reveals the love of God to us. Secondly, Christ's coming confirms the presence of God with us. The babe in Bethlehem was no ordinary babe. Oh, he's a true child, truly man, but he was also truly God, God in human flesh. The apostle Paul puts it that way in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 16. He says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. God was manifest or appeared in human flesh. The infant of Bethlehem was the Lord of glory. Yet he became man and dwelt among us. That's the message of John 1 verse 14. The word. It's a reference to Christ. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And that's the meaning of the name Emmanuel. God with us. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah said, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. "'Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son "'and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us.'" Charles Wesley put it well when he said, "'Christ by highest heaven adored, "'Christ the everlasting Lord. "'Late in time, behold him come, "'offspring of a virgin's womb. "'Veiled in flesh the Godhead see.'" Heal the incarnate deity, pleased as man, with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. He has not remained aloof from us, or afar off from us, or at a distant from us. He has come to save us from our sins and to dwell with us. Does that not answer our fears? If God be for us, if God be with us, who can be against us? We have Christ, the Lord, and therefore the coming of Christ reveals the love of God to us, and it confirms the presence of God with us. But thirdly, it allays our fears because Christ's coming secures the salvation of God for us. Why did he come? Why did Christ come to this world? Luke chapter 2 gives us the answer to that question. The angel said unto the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And the answer to the question, why did Jesus come, is found there in that word Savior. He has come to save. If we understand anything of our own sinful nature, Our sin should fill us with fear. Fear because we have offended God. Fear because we have broken His law. Fear because we are under His wrath. Fear because we face a lost eternity in hell. And we have every reason to fear because of our sins, but those fears are addressed in Christ, for Christ has come to save us from our sins. We could never save ourselves. We haven't the ability to do that. However hard we might try, our very best efforts are so full of sin that they could never save us from our sin. But Christ is sinless. And as the sinless Savior, He has both the ability and the authority to save us. For as Christ the Lord, He is the Anointed One. The Father has given no other Savior, and no other Savior is needed. If we miss this, we miss the whole purpose of Christ coming into this world. The great Baptist preacher Charles Spurgeon said, if he does not save, speaking of Christ, if he does not save, he was born in vain, for the object of his birth was the salvation of sinners. If he shall not be a savior, then his mission in coming to this earth has missed its end, for its design was that lost sinners might be saved. It's true. He came to live for sinners and he came to die for sinners. There's a straight line from the manger to the cross, from Bethlehem to Calvary. This is why Christ was born. Tell me, do you fear your sin? The consequences of your sin? The condemnation of your sin? Then let me point you to Christ. For Christ alone can save you from your sin. You say, how can he do that? He can do that because he is the sacrifice for sin. He is the only substitute for sinners. He is sinless, and therefore he can do and has done all that is required for our salvation. Get a hold of that truth. This this Christmas time, if you would be delivered from the fear of sin, the condemnation of your sin, save from the fear of death and hell, then you must come to Christ for salvation and trust him as your Lord and Savior repenting and believing the gospel. The coming of Christ reveals the love of God to us, the presence of God with us, the salvation of God for us. It also provides the comfort of God to us. The word to the shepherds was clear, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He was born. Born as a true man. Why why is that significant? It's significant because it means that Christ, as a true man, understands us. He is flesh and blood. He has a true humanity like ours with the exception of sin. He knows what it is to be weary, what it is to be lonely, what it is to be forsaken what it is to be heavy-hearted, what it is to be filled with sorrow, what it is to weep and to groan and to suffer, to be tempted. He knows what it is to have enemies and be afflicted. Christ knows it all, and therefore he is best qualified to help us and to comfort us in our needs. Many a time that truth has calmed my fears. The words of the hymn writer have come, With freshness to my soul, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal all our soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Therefore, Christ can allay the fears of our hearts. His coming reveals the love of God to us. It reveals and confirms the presence of God with us. It reminds us and points us to the salvation of God for us. It speaks of the comfort of God to us. It also guarantees the plan of God for us. Christ left heaven came into this world of sin and woe and shame and guilt. He lived among men, yet without sin himself, but took their sin upon his own body to the cross. And there, as the sinner's substitute and the sacrifice for sin, Christ laid down his life, a ransom for many. He died on that cross, and then he was buried. And they lay under the power of death for a time. And then the third day he arose again, as the hymn writer puts it, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for all his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose from the grave, he returned to glory, and he is now seated at the Father's right hand. And he saves those who come to him, he saves those for whom he has died. And he will bring his people home to heaven. He who came from heaven to save a people for himself will bring those saved people home to himself in glory. His coming, therefore, guarantees the plan of God for us. That removes the fear of the child of God when we come to death. We will be with Christ, which is far better. So I say... Dear man or dear woman, dear boy or girl, do you know Christ as your Savior? Do you know this one who came from heaven into this world to die for lost sinners? Do you know him as your own? He's the one who says, fear not. And when you know Christ as your Savior, he allays your fears, not just in time, not just on earth, but in eternity. As you come to death, Christ says, fear not. And we can say with the Apostle Paul, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. We can face life and death and the judgment and eternity in the glorious confidence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Fear not, fear not, because of Christ. Let's unite our hearts together in prayer. We pray the Lord will bless his word to our hearts today. Our gracious God and our eternal Father in heaven, we thank Thee for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee for the love that drew salvation's plan, for the mighty gulf that died its span at Calvary. And we thank Thee for the Saviour. We thank Thee He allays the fears, He removes the guilt, He deals with our sin, saves us by His grace. We pray, Lord, that all who have listened today will know Christ as their personal Saviour, For except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So bless thy word to that end. We pray that Christ will be glorified in the salvation of precious souls. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
0: Thank you for spending some time with us today around the word of God. For further information, visit our website at ltbs.tv We look forward to joining with you next time as we seek to let the Bible speak once again.